every genuine prayer intercessor learns that we have to be willing in some measure to be the answer to our own prayers. For example, if you obey the Lord's command in Matthew 9:38 to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest, don't be surprised if the Lord asks you to answer the prayer with your own life. The number of gospel workers in the world is largely determined by how many intercessors obey the command to pray to the Lord, to send out those laborers. After all, Jesus said, the laborers are few. So who will go? The Jerusalem Channel is made with the support of you, our viewers. Thank you for watching. Hello, I'm Christine Dark. God promises in Psalm 2:8, "Ask of me, and I shall give you the nations for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession." Do you dare to ask for the nations? Well, in the biography of the great Welsh intercessor Reese Howells, I read that a day never passed without Mr. Howells praying Psalm 2. It's also one of my very favorite psalms, declaring that the nations are an inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for a possession. And we're the ones who must have a world vision to go and get those nations for the Lord. For years, Reese Howells had been praying, like many prayer warriors, for the gospel to penetrate into all the world. He had already been a missionary to Africa and had returned home to Wales to start a Bible college. When in 1934, the Holy Spirit began speaking to him about his next assignment. And that's because the Lord's work in each of us is progressive. There are different seasons in our lives when we serve the Lord and sometimes our circumstances do change and we have to remain flexible. The Lord doesn't always call us to keep doing the same things. It can be surprising and disconcerting when the Lord changes course for us because we get used to routine and surroundings, but we have to be continually alert and flexible. Intercessors who know the operations of the burden of the Lord can sense when the Holy Spirit wants to communicate something new in our spirits. There's just an inner knowing and inner expectation and sometimes an otherworldly silence before the Lord speaks internally or even audibly. So in the middle of the night, Reese Howells was conscious that God wanted to speak a new assignment into his spirit. He kept hearing two words, every creature, every creature. God was leading him to expand his vision to believe that every creature on planet Earth will have opportunity to hear the gospel. The Lord asked, did he believe the Savior was really serious about his last command to preach the gospel to every creature? And if so, should this command be obeyed? Theologians call the Lord's last command the Great Commission to preach the gospel and make disciples in all nations, to take the good news of salvation to the ends of the earth, to literally every creature. 
Actually, the Great Commission is expressed in each of the Gospels with a slightly different emphasis. For example, Matthew's Gospel emphasizes making disciples. John's Gospel emphasizes remitting sins. Luke's Gospel has its own unique version of the Great Commission given by Jesus, emphasizing that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name beginning in Jerusalem to all nations. And Mark's gospel puts the Great Commission like this. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature with signs following. The plain meaning was preach the gospel to the entire creation. This command meant that the disciples were not to confine their preaching exclusively to Jerusalem or Judea and Samaria, nor only to the Roman Empire, but their boundaries were to be without limitations. They were to venture to the uttermost parts of the earth to all nations under heaven. In my studies, I discovered that one of the seven qualifications of a member of the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin, was to possess the love of creatures, meaning the God-given love of all of humanity. And in this sense, not only the Lord Jesus, but also the Jewish apostles taught that the gospel should be preached not just to the Jews, but to all people groups without distinction, to both Jews and Gentiles, male and female, rich and poor, literally to all mankind. So the Lord asked the Welsh intercessor, Reese Howes, do you believe that I can give the gospel to every creature? Mr. Howes answered, of course, you're God. But the Lord said, I indwell my people, so can I do this through you? The Lord is a challenger. If Howells accepted the challenge, what would it mean to him personally? He would have to intercede or be willing to go to any nation and preach, or he would have to serve others who go to the nations until every creature hears the good news of salvation and healing. Well, Howells was a man of vision, a man with a champion spirit, so he accepted the challenge and birthed a worldwide prayer ministry. Reese Howells died at age 71 in 1950, but many of us are still carrying on his vision. I, for one, picked up the Every Creature Bird years ago when I was privileged to speak at his Bible college in Wales. I personally never met Reese Howells. He was before my time, but my husband and I were privileged to meet his son, Samuel. We spent a day with Samuel at the Bible College in Wales, and he very kindly allowed us to read his father's treasured prayer journals. And if Reese Howells were alive today, he would be shocked by some statistics that we read recently. Islam in Britain has been gaining on Christianity. A report from St. Mary's University in Twickenham has revealed that if current trends continue, Islam will overtake the Church of England in numbers, despite the Church's present privileged status as the state's official religion. Data indicates that Christian faith in Europe is also moribund, near death, just stagnant. The new default setting for people seems to be no religion. The few who remain faithful see themselves as swimming against the tide. A whole new generation must arise to take up the challenge to finish the Every Creature Commission. Or, in case of the Lord's sudden appearing and the rapture takes place, 
I believe that every creature commission will yet be completed by the 144,000 Jewish and Israelite preachers prophesied during the time of the Great Tribulation in the book of Revelation. At the Bible school that Reese Hells founded, the world became their parish. And that's the same scenario for most modern houses of prayer. The media has shrunk the world, so it's impossible to run a house of prayer without praying for all the world. Just as the Bible College of Wales became a house of prayer for all nations, so in Jerusalem there are many houses of prayer. And ultimately, Isaiah 56, 7 will come to pass where God says, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And we're intercessors praying into the Lord's vision of Jerusalem as that house of prayer during the soon coming millennium. That's the period, the prophesied thousand year reign of Jesus, when he will return to Jerusalem to restore the kingdom to Israel. I find it so relevant that the prayer warfare in Wales during World War II concentrated on doors to be kept open for the gospel wherever opposition presented itself. And with the menace of growing censorship, I can't think of a better prayer right now than for doors to be kept open for the gospel. It's well known amongst intercessors that Reese Howells and the Bible College prayer warriors fought Hitler on their knees. And they kept the Nazi menace out of Britain while the army and navy fought on the ground and sea and the RAF pilots battled in the air. The Bible college intercessors were like an upper room number of about 120. They were set apart by the Holy Spirit during the war years. They did their job to free the world again for every creature to hear the gospel. And I want to point out it's happening right now that there are times when God sets apart, not just individuals, but entire companies of believers to pray powerfully for the will of God to be accomplished on earth. God knits us together, united in purpose. The Bible College discovered in prayer what this generation of genuine intercessors has discovered, that everything hinges on the destiny of the nation of Israel. During World War II, those choice intercessors had the foresight to pray for the return of the Jews and for the establishment of the state of Israel. Mr. Howells possessed remarkable prophetic insight. He wrote that we must have faith and believe God's covenant with Abraham that the Jews will dwell in their own land. He observed that God had moved upon the leader who had held the Jews in captivity, King Cyrus, to supply finances to take them home. So Hal said, God will do this again if someone will believe him. And he added firmly, I believe the times of the Gentiles are drawing to a close and the Jews must be back in their own land for when the master returns. How wonderful that as an intercessor, Reese House felt personally responsible in prayer for the return of the Jews. That's the heart of a true intercessor, to feel personal responsibility in prayer for the matters that are on God's heart. He was willing to risk everything to help the Jews. Travail in prayer came upon Reese Howells for Jewish families who were being cruelly separated during the Holocaust. By faith, he added a property to the Bible college for Jewish orphans of the Holocaust. 
all the agony he experienced in, in his life, I believe, shortened his life. The Holy Spirit suffered through him in prayer with heartfelt cries and groans. Howell said, words don't count at all when true travail comes upon an intercessor. And I found that certainly true. I've been there a couple of times, and the agony of travail in prayer is just beyond words. Today, we're praying further along the lines of Zechariah 12 and 13 for the outpouring of the spirit of grace and supplication upon reestablished Israel. Thankfully, Israel is now a fact of history, but the revival is yet to come. When the burden for Israel first came upon Mr. Howes, it did not seem likely that the Jews would survive because of the horrendous anti-Semitism in Europe. But he learned that Bible prophecies must be believed and decreed into manifestation. And I want to repeat that principle because it's so important. Bible prophecies must be believed and decreed into manifestation. And we rebuke the unbelief that's in so much of the church today concerning Bible prophecies in Israel. It's a mystery, but nevertheless a Bible fact that God is sovereign Yet he chooses to limit himself because he desires for intercessors to be co-workers together with him. And so God trains us through prayer for greater service in eternity. God promised in this word that he would restore Israel before the second coming of Jesus. Yet God expects his church, and more specifically, he expects the intercessors to exercise faith and to decree his prophetic word into reality. In 1938, Mr. Howells read that Italy had commanded all Jews to clear out within six months. That news, along with Germany's fierce anti-Semitism, directed his thoughts toward the return of the Jews to the land of Israel. He prophesied that the anti-Semitism working through Hitler and Mussolini would backfire and would propel the Jews back to their own land. And the same thing is happening now the recurring new anti-Semitism in the West is pushing the Jews home. Amazingly, Howells recorded in his prayer journal that he asked God to lay the burden of the Jews upon him. I'm longing, he wrote, to help God's people return to their land. He said the Holy Spirit is longing to help them through someone. And he said, I want God to touch me deeper still with the feelings of what they are suffering. After the war in October and November of 1947, whole days were given over to praying through on behalf of the Jewish state at the Bible College. This was a hidden work. Most Zionists had never heard of Reese Howes, and yet his band of intercessors contributed towards laying the foundation of the Jewish state. Praying through is a term that means prayer doesn't stop until the object of the petitions is obtained. Because of God's covenant with Abraham, Howells taught intercessors to pray that God would restore his people back to their land. And they believed the replanting of Israel would be fulfillment of prophecy, another sign of the closing of the church age. They saw the hand of God at the United Nations. Their prayer was concentrated for the UN vote on the partition plan. On November 27, 1947, there was much prayer, but the partitioning of the British mandate in the Holy Land did not carry. 
Howells led yet more intensive prayer. In his journal, he wrote that he saw God's angels influencing the men in the UN, working on behalf of God's people. And at the Bible College, they had full assurance of victory. The test was, did they believe the prophecies in this Bible? Today, do we believe the prophecies in the Bible? Yes. Finally, on 29th of November, 1947, the UN General Assembly adopted the plan as Resolution 181, and the intercessors rejoice. Significantly, Howells wrote that it was one of the greatest days for the Holy Spirit in the history of nearly 2,000 years. Howells wrote, During all the centuries of church history, there wasn't a single sign that the Holy Land was to be given back to the Jews. They were scattered all over the earth. But now, he wrote, 4,000 years after God's covenant with Abraham, the faithful God of Israel had regathered all the nations together and made them give much of the Holy Land back to the Jews. Because our ministry is also concerned about the eternal destiny of the Arab people, I rejoiced to read in his journals that Mr. Howells had set aside a number of days to pray specifically for the Arabs and to learn the Lord's position concerning the Arabs. This blessed me profoundly because Mr. Howells came to the same conclusion that I have from the Word of God concerning Ishmael. God said in Genesis 16:12 that at first Ishmael will be wild and belligerent, but nevertheless he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Hallelujah. Does this mean that the Arabs will dwell in peace with the Jews? Yes. Abraham loved Ishmael as his firstborn, and Abraham was even willing for Ishmael to inherit the firstborn blessing. But God declared, I have blessed him, even though God said the firstborn blessing was destined for Abraham's son Isaac and for Isaac's descendants, the Jews. So I was tremendously blessed that Reese Howells had also discovered from the Word of God what I've discovered, that God intends a big salvation for the Arabs, the other sons of Abraham. And even now, the move of the Holy Spirit in the Muslim world is amazing through the divine agencies of dreams and visions, as I have documented in my book. During the millennium, Arabs will come up to Jerusalem to pay homage to King Messiah. Isaiah 66 and 7 declare how vast Arabian caravans will come up with acceptance upon the Lord's altar. I was also blessed to preach on that verse in Bethlehem during one of our many evangelistic outreaches amongst the Arabs. And they are so hungry for the gospel. In Isaiah 19, God is saying that the Arabs will be saved along with Israel. The Lord wants us to be burdened, not just for the Jewish people, but also for the Arabs and to make intercession for them, just as we faithfully intercede for the Jewish people. We must not forget that the Arabs are also sons of Abraham. Reese Howells asked a wonderful question, and he was way before his time when asking it. Can the Holy Spirit bring in a move of God which will break down the barrier between Jews and Arabs? that there may be a home and a blessing for both? Yes, it's happening, not by might nor by power, not by armies, but by the Spirit of the living God. 
In fact, Isaiah 19 envisions a great end-time move of the Holy Spirit in the Middle East. God envisions a highway of holiness stretching from Egypt through Israel up to Assyria, in which all the peoples of the region will worship the true God of Israel and his Messiah and enjoy a messianic league under the rule of King Messiah. All the former enmity will be healed, and we are diligently praying for this end-time move of God. Recently, there was a silver lining, a sign of hope, in an unfortunate gloomy war cloud. In Israel, more than 100 pastors gathered at a communion service of believing Jews and Arabs together, a fulfillment of Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren sit together in unity. It was so very precious for Jew and Arab to sit together at the feet of Jesus because we know end times are not getting better. But the bride and Messiah must prepare in unity of love and purpose. The war Psalm 83 mentions Israel's opponents, descendants of Esau and Ishmael. But to see these descendants sit together in peace with Israelis in a communion service certainly shakes up the powers of darkness, and it is a prophetic picture. Reese Howells also observed prophetically that the Arabs are destined to shield the Jews in the last days. This is because Arabs live in territories that will escape out of the hand of the Antichrist. Howells was referring to Daniel 11:41, which predicts that modern-day Jordan, territories Edom and Moab, and the leaders of Ammon will escape from the grip of Antichrist. Now, my friends, think about this. Many of us intercessors have been pondering, is this the time for God's promised spiritual awakening of the nation of Israel? God has clearly told us in his word that he would first bring the Jewish people back to their homeland, and then afterwards he promises to pour out his spirit upon them. In Daniel 9:2, Daniel the prophet said he understood from the prophet Jeremiah that 70 years would have to pass before the Jews could return in his day from Babylon. Then in Daniel 9:3, Daniel's response wasn't to sit back, fold his hands, and just watch God bring Bible prophecy to pass. No. As an intercessor, Daniel had to become active. He picked up the burden of the Lord. He set his face toward the Lord God to make his request by prayer and supplications and fasting. And God responded by giving Daniel some of the most awesome revelations in the entire Bible concerning the end times. In fact, the timing of Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem as the appointed Messiah to make atonement fulfilled exact time revelations given to Daniel in chapter 9. In Matthew 24, 32, Jesus admonished his followers to learn his parable of the fig tree concerning Israel. The fig tree is a biblical idiom for the nation of Israel. When its branch becomes tender and puts forth leaves, in other words, when Israel becomes a nation again, Jesus said, you will know that summer is near. So he added, when you see all these things, know that his coming is near at the doors. Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. We can only conclude that Jesus' return is very near. 
This fig tree parable is so important that it's repeated in Luke 21, 29. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see, and you know for yourselves that summer is now near. So also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, Jesus said, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Consider also Psalm 90. Verse 10 says, the days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength, they are 80 years. Well, Israel at age 75 has reached a biblical generation, meaning the Lord's coming is very near. And Amos 3, 7 is one of my favorite verses that always captures my imagination. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So God is revealing these things and we're living in momentous days and on borrowed time as far as the times of the Gentiles are concerned. If Reese Howells wrote in his journal in 1938 that the times of the Gentiles were almost complete, how much fuller are the times of the Gentiles today? The coming of the Lord is near. So be sure you are ready. You have to be ready now because when he comes, it will be too late if you're not ready. Therefore, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus for salvation if you have not done so already. Amen. Meanwhile, we're praying as often as possible along with many other ministries to ensure that Bible prophecies are coming to pass. I feel called to more intense prayer and we need your support and prayer covering. It seems all hell sometimes tries to hinder the work of intercession. In fact, Reese Howells once said, when you try to do something for God, everything comes against you. But when God speaks, you can never doubt it. If what God has told you leads you into great trials, then go back to God and give him the burden. Amen. Let's purpose to pray through for definite victories. Now, if you'd like to be a spiritual watchman on the walls with us, we invite you to stay in touch on social media and also to receive our free weekly updates and Exploits magazine. Contact me at our website, exploits.tv, and download our free Jerusalem Channel app through your favorite app store to see our videos on your mobile phones or tablets. And don't forget to check out all my in-depth articles on Israel and prophetic insights at my Substack page. Daniel 1132 declares, the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. That means we will take action. So until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm Christine Dark. Shalom and Maranatha. Fast-changing developments in Israel and the Middle East keep us busy interpreting the spiritual significance of today's headlines. The Jerusalem Channel is taking advantage of the Substack website to post developments that you need to know about. Substack is a new kind of internet outlet for in-depth reporting and analysis that's completely uncensored and allows me to share insightful articles at all times of day and night. This is Christian journalism as it should be. We invite you to check out my Substack pages and find an understanding of Israel and Bible prophecy from my perspective. Just go to christinedarg.substack.com and be a part of our community. 
You'll also find an archive of all my articles. That's christinedarg.substack.com. Let's share what God is doing in these last days together.